want to ask you to find this best news card and also find in your Bibles Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8 and this best news card, and you can hold your place there with this card. While you're doing that, I want to ask Kate Mixon if you would come and join me here on the stage, on the platform. Kate has been a big part of the life of our church as a college student, served on our staff, come close here, uh, served on our staff here as a ministry assistant to Vic in college ministry, and now um, she's preparing to do what we've talked a lot about around here, and she's preparing to go. And in September, she will leave for Birmingham, England, and she will be in Birmingham, England from September through December serving with the International Mission Board and sharing the gospel, working with students, being involved in mission work that's going on in that part of the world. She goes fully funded through International Mission Board. It's a, if there's any of you in this room that God would be speaking to your heart, seeing Kate standing here saying, maybe I want to give a semester or two semesters, or a year, or two, or a career, uh, there's a way for you to go. Don't let money be the obstacle of why you would not go. Just listen to the Spirit of the Lord, and He will make a way. Kate, we're grateful for you, grateful for the way you've served here, and for the way that you're willing to go right now. And I want to pray with you, and let our folks see you, and be a reminder to continue to pray for you. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for Kate. Thank you for her witness here. Lord, what she will do on the other side of the ocean is not different than who she's been here. I thank you for her witness. I thank you for her faithfulness, her love for you. And together, Lord, as a church family, we pray for her that the power of your spirit would carry her, take care of her, give her courage and boldness and words. Lord, help her to be a great listener, a great speaker. Help her, Lord, to see with spiritual eyes the opportunities that you put before her to be a witness for you. We pray, Lord, that she would be reminded of this very hour in the weeks ahead where hundreds of people lifted her before the throne. And Lord, you remind us day by day to continue to pray for Kate Mixon as she goes. I pray you would use her example to call out others to take the good news of Jesus to our world. And strengthen her, encourage her. We ask for the opportunity, Lord, to hear a report from her. The fruit of her work for the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. We gather and we encourage and we equip and we sin and we see that happening over and over again in front of us. And this best news card is a part of that. What Kate's doing is not just a leisure trip. She's going with a message. She's going with good news to a place where it's desperately needed. During July, there were four words that were heavy on my heart coming out of that month. Those four words were multiply, intentional, evangelism, and there was a fourth. 
urgency. I was not going to look down. Multiply intentional evangelism and urgency. I want to talk to you specifically in the message today about two of those words. Urgency and evangelism. There is, there is an urgency that every one of us needs to grip us in this day for sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. We are not guaranteed another day, but you and I are guaranteed eternal life. And with us living among people that are not guaranteed another day, we must be urgent in sharing what can give to them eternal life. Who will tell them if we don't? And so today what I want to take this remaining time is to begin to give you some tools, give you encouragement, give you opportunities, give you ways that regardless of who you are and where you are in life, that you can share the good news with those around you so they can be saved, so they can have eternal life. Today, you hold in your hand this card that's the best news, and I want to walk you through this card and how you could use it in a conversation with someone you know or someone that you've just met. I want you to see that, that regular people, just normal people, just people that are teachers and mechanics and housewives and lawyers and doctors, people that have jobs, careers, have a message and you can live on mission and be a part of somebody finding Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Look with me in Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8 tells the story of a regular guy named Philip. Philip was not one of the apostles, but he was somebody who had met Jesus. Early in the book of Acts, he was singled out, or he was in a group of guys that the church identified to come together and solve some conflict in the church. They saw him as a man full of wisdom and full of faith and full of the Spirit, and so he was used to serve tables, wait tables to save some conflict among widows in the early church there in the book of Acts. Persecution broke out. Because of people's faith in Jesus Christ, their lives were threatened. And people began to scatter. And they scattered out of Jerusalem. And Acts tells us that all except the apostles were scattered into different areas. This created an advance of the church. It created an advance of the gospel. It was like God, in ways, was using maybe what they saw as great difficulty to disperse. It's called the great dispersion. It, was, it caused them to disperse out of Jerusalem into other areas. And biases were crossed. Prejudices were broken. The, the people of Israel very prejudiced and biased toward the Sumerians. And in this very passage, you see Philip going to Samaria and he he didn't leave his faith behind. He didn't leave the gospel behind. And when he landed in that city, he just kept talking about what was so important to him. And he kept preaching the gospel and telling the good news wherever he was in all of his travels. Look at it, verse 4, Acts chapter 8. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. 
Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them. And many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. Verse 12, But when they believed Philip, as he preached good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued with Philip and seeing signs and great miracles performed. He was amazed. Skip down to verse 25. Now when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. Philip lands in Samaria. He brings the gospel with him. It was his life. So he kept telling it. He kept preaching it. He kept talking about it. This story that I just read to you breaks out in four, four scenes, four divisions. I want to spend most of my time on the first one, but let me give you the four. When you walk through this story that I just read to you, the good news was preached. The people believed. Those that believed were baptized, and the people kept preaching. That's it. Just a simple outline of what the story is. The good news was preached. The people believed. The people that believed were baptized. And the people kept preaching. The people believed and were baptized. Let me ask you, have you been baptized? Have you been baptized by immersion since you trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? You say, Pastor, I was baptized when I was an infant. What we see in Scripture is believer's baptism. We see individuals who place their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And their way of announcing their faith in Jesus Christ is to publicly do that through the act of baptism. Baptism, when you stand in the water, preaches the, it, it preaches the gospel for us. You stand in the water, it's a picture of your life before Jesus. You're lowered into the water, it's a picture of your life being buried, your sins being buried. When you rise up out of that water, it's a picture of your sins being washed away. And when you rise up out of that water, it's a picture of new life. Even when you walk out of the baptistry, it's a picture of you walking in newness of life. Baptism is an announcement of new birth. We just took communion together. Many of you in this room took communion. There may be some of you today that took communion that have never been baptized. You realize that the two ordinances of our church is communion and baptism. Baptism, communion, what's the difference? Neither one of them save, but they are symbolic of salvation. Baptism is an announcement of our salvation. Communion is a reminder of our salvation. We're baptized once after we become 
a believer, to announce that we've been saved. We take communion over and over and over again to remind ourselves that we've been saved. Today, if you reminded yourself that you have trusted Christ as Lord and Savior through the bread and the cup, maybe it's time for us to talk and you be baptized to make the announcement publicly. Jesus said, go ye therefore into all the world and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. After the 9 o'clock service, a young guy named Jack came to me and said, I trusted Christ as my Lord and Savior a couple of years ago. I need to be baptized. Maybe you and I could have that same conversation. Let's go back to the first thing. The good news was preached. The good news was preached. Verse 12 says, But when they believed Philip as he preached good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Could, it, could you be the Philip in the room today? Could you be the one that would share good news of Jesus Christ with a friend, with a roommate, with a co-worker, with a neighbor, with a stranger? Here's a card, and this, this card is just a tool. And it's a clear, concise, complete way of being able to walk somebody who doesn't know Jesus to a point of praying and receiving Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I want to present it to you in a way that maybe you could have a conversation with someone. It's a card you take with you, you stick it in your pocket, you stick it in your car, carry it in a book, take a picture with your phone, have it saved in your photos. It's a, something you can memorize something you can have to remind you. Maybe scenarios like this. Somebody comes to your house to repair a gutter. They're working on it. You have a conversation. They come and let you know, hey, we're finished. This is the ticket. This is what it's going to be. He said, yeah, let me get my checkbook. Let me pay you. Before I do that, let me ask you. You got, you got 120 seconds that I could share with you the best news I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, I don't have my money yet. I guess I could do that. No, anyway, just, or, hey, when I was, a few years ago, somebody talked to me about the best news I'd ever heard. Have you got 60 seconds that I could just tell you about the best news I've ever heard? Yeah, sure, that'll be fine. Thank you so much. I won't take long. But I want to share with you the best news I've ever heard. But i got to tell you, before I can share with you the best news I've ever heard, I want to tell you there's good news. But before I get to the best news, I want you to know there's good news. So, okay, tell me the good news. Well, here's the other thing. Before I get to the good news, i got to tell you bad news. In fact, before I tell you, before I, when I tell you the bad news, I've also got worse news. This is kind of going nowhere good. Listen, let me just tell you first. Before I tell you the best news, there's bad news. Maybe you'll understand the best news better. But what's the bad news? The bad news is this. We've all sinned. You've sinned. I've sinned. And maybe in that conversation, you would bring up what's true 
you would say, you'd pick out somebody that maybe they know, you know, the world knows that we think is really pretty righteous, pretty, pretty good. And you might say, listen, Billy Graham, he sinned. Your grandmother, I don't mean any offense, but your grandmother sinned. I've sinned. We've all sinned. In fact, God's word tells us in Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that's the bad news. But there's good news. Awesome. Tell me what it is. Well, before I tell you the good news, there's worse news. What's that? The worst news is this. We have sinned. That's bad news. But the worst news is there's nothing that you and I can do about it. That's the worst news. There's nothing you can do to take your sin away. There's nothing that I can do to take care of my sin. That's what's worse. It's one thing to be a sinner and separated from God. What's worse is not being able to do anything where I can fix that. In fact, there's a, there's a verse that says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not on your own, or not in your own doing. It is a gift of God. In that phrase right there that says it's not your own doing, what I found is for a number of years, even though I was in church all my life, I mean, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night visitation, Wednesday night, always in church. Really what I was doing was trying to do something to take care of my relationship with God. But scripture tells me that there's nothing I can do. I can't go to church enough times to get rid of my sin. I can't give enough in order to get rid of my sin. I can't be kind enough. I can't help people. I can't serve enough. I can't be involved in enough of uh, charity programs in, in order to deal with my sin. It, it's just I can't do it. That's the bad news, and that's the worst news, but there's good news. What's the good news? Well, the good news is that on the cross, Jesus takes care of sin. That's good news. That's good news. It's worded on this card, at the cross, Jesus did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. 1 John 1, 7 says, the blood of Jesus, his son purifies us from all sin. I know I told you the bad news is that we're sinners and the worst news is is that we can't do anything about it, but hear the good news. The good news is is that on the cross Jesus paid for sin. That's the good news, but there's the best news. What's that? The best news is this. The best news is that through faith you can freely receive the forgiveness of sin. That's the best news. Romans 6.23 says that the free gift of God is eternal life. And today, just standing right here on our porch, you've heard the bad news, you've heard the worst news, you've heard the good news, and you're hearing the best news. And the best thing that could happen today would not be that you fix the gutter. The best thing that would happen today would be before you leave, if you receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, if you would believe that he died on the cross for your sins, would you like to do that? No, not today. I got to go. I got another appointment. That's what the guy says. Or maybe he says, 
yeah, I'm kind of in a hurry. Can we do it quick? We can do it as quick as you can pray it. If you believe it from your heart. Pray this prayer with me. And here's a, a, a prayer right here that you don't have to do it word for word, but some of the words are important. And what's important in this prayer would be, I'm a sinner. I want to be forgiven. I believe Jesus Christ died for me and he rose again. I want to ask you, Jesus, to forgive me and I want to follow you all the days of my life. And you pray that with them. This is a way that you can share the good news and the gospel with someone. You can share the best news. Now, if this was Hollywood, you know what we would do right now? We'd bring the gutter man out right now and let you meet him and see that he prayed to receive Jesus Christ on my porch this week. But this isn't Hollywood. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't be real. It wouldn't be true. You maybe would learn better from my failures than my successes. The last week of July when we traveled in Maine, we were on the coast and Carla had moved down to the shore of the ocean and was standing on some rocks and I had been praying that the Lord would, Lord, somewhere on this trip, give me an opportunity to share the gospel, share the good news. Now I'm away, but I still share the gospel. And uh, she'd walk down to the shore and I was walking in that direction and I passed this lady who was seated on a rock and she was seated there on the rock and she had a cane in her hand and as I walked by her I spoke to her I said hey how are you doing this is beautiful isn't it she said it is so beautiful I'd love to go down there to the shore but I'm and she began to tell me that she was going through chemotherapy with cancer treatments and that she had moved as far as she could move and she was just going to sit there her husband was down by the water and and as she told that story I'm just I'm like there it is here's an opportunity and I looked at her, I said, I'm so sorry, and I shared some things with her about my dad and, and uh, chemotherapy treatments, and we talked about that a little bit, and, and I thought, this is it. I mean, she's not going anywhere. She's captive. She's right here. <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I'm looking at her, and I, and I said, hey, I would love to pray for you. I hear what you're going through. Would you be okay if I prayed with you? And she looked, she said, no, that's okay. That wasn't in the script. You know, you're, the preachers make it sound so easy. I mean, she said, no, that's okay. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Well, let me tell you, I'm going to pray for you when I go away. And I'm just, thanks for sharing some of your story. And Jesus changed my life when I was in college and never been the same again. And if you've never trusted him, I hope someday you will. She said, thank you for talking to me. I believe God's going to get me through. And, um, and that was the end of the conversation. I walked away in my mind thinking of so many things I wish I'd said. Wish I'd started the conversation a little different. I told you a couple of weeks ago about our cancellation or our disappearance at a hotel. And we didn't stay at this one place. We're trying to figure out where to stay in Maine. And Carla found this random place. We wound up in Waterville, Maine. No idea where that was. We found a hotel. We get there about 9 o'clock that night. We're starving. We look for a place to eat. We go downtown and we're looking for a particular restaurant, can't find it. We see a light on at this corner restaurant called Silver Street Tavern and Restaurant. 
We go in there about 9 o'clock, and it's buzzing with people. We get a table. We sit down. We're looking over the menu, and this guy comes walking up with a ball cap on, puts his elbows on the table and said, you guys from out of town? And, uh, yeah, and uh, he goes, my name's Charlie. I own the place. And so Charlie just begins to talk and tells us some stories about what's going on there in the restaurant. And a few minutes he goes away, comes back by and checks on us and talks to us for a little bit. That night was a restless night. And I got up that morning and I said to Carla, I said, Carla, woke so convicted this morning. I said, what about? And I said, Charlie. So we were here. We're in Waterville, Georgia. We're, we're in Waterville, Maine for Charlie. I was supposed to share the gospel last night with Charlie. That's why we're here. And I didn't do it. And I said, I said, what kind of Christian am I? What kind of pastor am I? What kind of Christian am I? That God would lay that right there, and I just didn't do it. And Carla said, well, you could go back by there this morning. I was like, wives, man, they're just, they, they won't give you a break. Will they? And she's like, we well, could go back by there this morning. And you're so serious about it. And I was just like, well, yeah, that's true. I went to my backpack and I got a card out of my backpack and a track and I wrote a I wrote a long letter to Charlie and I told him I said I was supposed to talk to you last night I didn't do it and I put it inside that track we got home Monday morning I mailed that card to 4 Street Silver Street Tavern to Charlie I haven't heard back from Charlie would you pray for Charlie pray he hadn't thrown that tract away Pray maybe he received Christ on that day when he got the mail. I think I should have done more. But I just want to share you the failures, not just the successes. What about you? What opportunities are God giving you to share the good news, the best news? God's put you in a place, in a job, in a dorm, in an apartment, in a room, in a class, on a team, in a cul-de-sac. Who? It's urgent. Do you know the story of Roger Bannister? Roger Bannister was the very first person ever recorded to run the mile in under four minutes. It has never been done before. It was called the Holy Grail of athleticism. People predicted it would never be done. If it was done, if somebody ran the mile under four minutes, it, they had done scientifically saying it would have to be 68 degrees on a dry track of a particular material packed with thousands upon thousands of people cheering them on for there to be any chance of anybody to come close. It had never been done before. And on May the 6th, 1954, in front of a small crowd on a wet track on a cold day, Roger Bannister ran the mile in three minutes, 59 seconds, and four tenths. The record was broken. The four-minute mile had been run. Forty-eight days later, an Australian runner did it again. One year later, three runners in the same race did it again. And now today, more than 1,500 people have run under a four-minute mile. It just seems like Somebody had to break through. And once somebody broke through, others said, I can do that. 
I wonder today who's the Roger Bannister in the room that would share your faith and it would be the breakthrough that would show others. I can do that. Maybe it's the Emma Smith. Emma, a senior in our youth group, started reading Romans with her grandmother a few days ago and they got to Romans 8 and her grandmother heard her reading Romans 8 with her and her grandmother said, I need to believe that. I need to confess. And she prayed with her granddaughter to receive Christ. Maybe it's like a man in our church who a few days ago sent me an email and said, my fishing buddy, I've been reading Romans with him. He's in his 70s. And I want you to know through reading Romans, he's become a believer. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's you. We've got good news. We've got good news. We've got the best news. You gotta share. You know who we are? We're children. We're children of light. We're children with good news. Some of you saw the new sign out there. It's got this gold bar through it. You wonder, what is that gold bar about? Somebody will ask you this week. That gold bar goes back to John 12. It says that light has come. Light has come. John 4 says that the, the light has come into the darkness. You and I have the light within us. We need to share that good news with people around us. Please, folks, listen to the Spirit of God and share the good news. Let's stand together. Let's worship together today.